0: Superstar, Titan, Whisper. <laughs> the Titan, in Whisper. <laughs> I don't even know where they got that from. Oh yeah,
1: I told them. <laughs> it's like, what should you talk about? It's like, yeah. oh, let me, let me list. <laughs> yeah. Top of the list. No, I'm just playing. I didn't say that.
2: <laughs> All right, guys, you ready? Yeah. Welcome to First and Fifteen, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with the two-time FFPC champion, AB. I'm also here with our dynasty guru, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to go through the news real quick. Not much news to come out this week, but I do want to talk about the Claypool injury. It seems like he'll be okay, but is it still relevant or irrelevant?
1: Uh, mostly irrelevant. For me, uh, you know, I think uh when we hear about how fragile RBs are, but then we constantly see wide receivers going down with injury. Uh, you know, I think it's more relevant from that standpoint of that anyone can get injured or be exposed to injury, so Maybe running backs a little bit more often, but if you have a wide receiver that gets injured, that's your wide receiver. So, yeah, depth is important, really uh, relevant just from a drafting standpoint, an overall concept standpoint.
0: Yeah, overall, irrelevant because they already said it's not that big of a deal, he'll be back mm-hmm. soon. And you know, we're, we're three weeks away from the season, so overall, it's irrelevant, but theoretically, for fantasy, especially FFPC. You know, when it happens, you think everybody thinks, oh, no, mm-hmm. they probably get scared off of Claypool. So that small gap of injury and prognosis is when there's a dip. So if you're interested in Claypool, you can buy the dip. Buy the dip. Yeah, buy the dip. So.
2: All right. Uh, Jamal Adams finally gets his new contract, four-year, $72 million extension. Yep. Irrelevant or Irrelevant.
1: Irrelevant. I mean, let's just hope they got enough money to pay Dwayne Brown. Right. Uh, protect uh, Russ's blonde they side. Paid
0: that man, they gave that man the highest contract out of any safety in the NFL. That's crazy to me. Yeah, crazy. I mean. This is
1: a fancy football show, not an NFL show. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. uh, right, crazy. All right, all right. I they, like, they like no, no. for him for their system. Now, <laughs> now, now it's
0: relevant in the fact that it does help the Seahawks defense. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he does make them a, d- a different defense when he's out on the field. Yeah. I don't know if people are really targeting the Seahawks defense. But if you are. You know that helps yeah. out.
2: All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's talk about Tebow mania. It looks like it's over. Tebow gets waived by the Jags. Relevant or irrelevant? Waste of time,
1: man. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, irrelevant. But you know, nice to to know that he's not going to be on the team to potentially vulture any goal line touchdowns. Although I thought that was pretty far fetched. Still, you never know. Right. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Pass, pass, man. Come on. Yeah, next, Keep it moving. We, we got a long show. <laughs> yeah. Don't get no time to about Tebow, man. All right, guys. I read a report uh, that during the joint practice with uh, Philly and New England that Jalen Hurts actually outshined Cam during that practice. Is that relevant or irrelevant? Really? Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, for I'm ignoring the camp reports. What I do take from that is that Jalen Hurts seems to be improving from a practice standpoint. And so when we started off first with a lot of negative news, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with the entire Philadelphia Eagles team in general, we're starting to see some positive news come out of that team and, and coming out of uh, camp. And uh, from what I saw from the preseason, to me, it's promising because uh, we, we have been seeing quite the dip in Jalen Hurts' ADP over the uh past few recent weeks whether it's been the Watson news or or the initial bad news uh coming out of camp but I think it's I think it's a a positive from his standpoint as far as Cam goes uh, to me it's mostly irrelevant it's it's hard to to really pull any objective information that's going to change or sway my opinion when it comes to that Patriots quarterback competition
0: yeah yeah and y'all know how I feel about B riders I mean one B writer would, would say one thing, another B writer would say something totally opposite. So I just kind of try to just ignore it and just kind of pay attention yeah. to the facts. Now, I will say, if there is any merit to, to what that report was, because I didn't even see that report, um, that's that's relevant to me because for me, I, I do believe Mac Jones is going to get that job soon. You know, mm. how soon? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's week one. You know, they, they do say they're in a, a quarterback battle and. He looked pretty good in the preseason. I mean, it was yeah, against the backups, um, but he looked poised. He, mm-hmm. he looked like he 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 was. I don't want to say a a veteran, but he didn't look like a rookie. So mm-hmm. I guess you couldn't say he looked like a veteran. So and, and y'all know I like Damian Harris. So if Mac Jones does get that job, that that's wheels up for Damian Harris. So relevant in that standpoint, um, I got Jalen Hurts in a few of my teams now with this dip. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Still a little bit. Nervous about it, but you know, if he's doing better, then I mean, that does nothing but help out a little bit. Yeah,
1: it, it it's just funny how quickly these ADPs have shifted mm-hmm. in just a matter of few, you know, a few weeks. You know, initially we were, you know, screaming the praises and you know, and, and trying to beg people to to take Trey Lance. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now I've just completely reversed course. Because his ADP has gotten to a point where it's just not palatable to take him where yeah, he's man. going. Yeah, so yeah. now you know you're getting guys like you know Jalen Hurts, who is a, a known starter, right? Who's going around the same area. I'm I'm definitely going to go Jalen Hurts over him because again, yeah. Jalen Hurts is that Konami code upside too. Right. I man. mean, if anything, he you're looking at you know potentially Lamar Jackson uh, from 20, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. You know, remember actually, how remember how you know Lamar Jackson looked his rookie year when he started the uh, back half of the season uh very similar trajectory as far you know you know as far as starting off your career career wise but obviously it's a different offense I'm not saying that he's Lamar Jackson but you definitely have that high rushing upside and that's really all I care about
0: right right I still like Trey Lance over Hurts but yeah. when we were getting Lance Hurts was going like two three rounds yeah. before Lance now they're going in the same place so if it's a toss up I mean I'll take either or still would prefer Lance, but but Hertz is not a bad consolation prize at all.
1: If I knew Lance was starting i mm-hmm. would I would take Lance yeah. Actually, I would yeah. just take whoever was left over, right but we don't know Lance is starting. Yeah. We don't even know if he's going to start and, and we've right. talked about it on this podcast when we when we talk about how excited we are about Trey Lance, you know, I draft him with the understanding of knowing that there's a chance that he may not play. At all, at all, now. at all this year. So yeah. I'm never just taking him and and so, so, solely relying on the fact that he may you know lead my team to the promise. That's land. why
0: if you take him though, you have to make sure you you do pick up some other quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find myself taking another one of those um, late, not not late tier, but mid tier quarterbacks. Exactly. After the the hurt, and I want a mid tier. I don't yeah. I don't want to yeah. wait on yeah. one of these
1: later guys. Right. Uh, you know I know you know uh, you know. Sam Darnold has an easy schedule to start. We don't Sam Darnold. I know. We we talked about Fitzpatrick, but I I really don't want any of those guys. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. want to rely, you know, especially in high stakes on, you know, guys like Fitzpatrick in my lineup on a week-to-week basis. Right.
2: All right, guys, I want to do the injury report for this week. Uh, Dio, can you give us our rundown on injuries and what has happened so far? So, um,
0: I I didn't gather all of them. So, these are just a few I just kind of um, corralled. So, Julio, he's been missing practice. He missed practice today. I don't even know what his injury is. Uh, just know he missed practice. Naheem Hines, same thing. He missed practice for whatever injury. So, he's out. Uh, Justin Fields actually hurt his groin. Uh, I don't know if that happened in the game or in practice. Um, but he didn't practice today. Um, Hollywood is still out. We didn't bring him up last week, but DeAndre Swift has had a groin injury. I do think he—they said he's going to try to come back to practice this week, but I haven't heard anything yet. Um, Chase, Chase Claypool—he had an ankle injury mm-hmm. um, that we could speak on earlier. I mean, later. Um, Amari still dealing with that ankle. Like they were hoping a, he, he, he
1: may—he may play in the preseason. They yeah, the mm-hmm. they're
0: play saying play. he may play, but also they—they're saying they're not quite sure yet. Um, Roby Anderson. He just had a hamstring injury recently. So Robbie. Uh, Robbie? Robbie? Okay. My bad. My bad, Robbie. It, By the bad. way,
2: I think I figured it out. It is Darrell, not Daryl. But keep going. <laughs> How do you know it's Darrell? I've, I've been doing some research on it. I just can't give down it a rabbit hole. 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 All <laughs> right. Um,
0: Devin Funches, who actually has been looking good with the Packers, um, hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So he's been out. Um, and then AJ Dillon. Mm. Remember last week I talked about. KJ um, um, Colin Hill I'm sorry mm-hmm. that he was an a injury away again mm-hmm. because Aaron Jones was dealing with an injury I think Aaron Jones actually came back to practice now but AJ Dillon didn't practice Colin Hill got first team reps today Um, so yeah and, uh, I'm sure there's other injuries, but those are the ones that just kind of caught yeah. my
2: eye. Now, there are a few people who have kind of fallen off our radar lately. Specifically, I want to talk about uh, James Conner because we talked about him last week. Oh, yeah. I got a chance to talk to Dr. Reyes about James Conner. Oh, really? So okay. let's see his diagnosis and his opinion on the, on the James Conner injury
3: james connor actually had a recreational vehicle accident back in april 2021 and which he then therefore had a surgery the reports showed that there is actually called a turf toe type injury and so we expect that to be more if we call hyperextension of the toe and so whatever toe that was hyperextended it does not say specifically what toe basically the toe goes into hyperextension Um, possibly tearing some ligaments or fracturing some of the bones. To have it surgically repaired, that means that uh, something was repaired or at least either uh, minimally invasive to just uh, debride it, so they're going to remove some tissue um, or they need to uh, surgically repair. Um, most reports show that he is uh, now off the pup list after returning off the COVID-19 and then also being delayed in his practice return due to the toe and so we're looking to see that uh, after a toe surgery um, you're looking at a 8 to 12 month recovery period Um, with ramped up strength conditioning and then agility after that. And so it's no surprise that there's a delayed um, return for him to practice. But we're looking to see that he returns in maybe one of the preseason games, uh, but definitely ready for week one return.
2: Now, we also talked about Joe Burrow didn't look great. Um, I think, A.B., you said that you expected him not to look great because of the type of injury that he had. Dr. Reyes also talked about uh, Joe Burrow as well.
0: He actually said he was getting through a mental thing with that today, too. So, eh, mental. He, mental. Might be
3: Come
2: on he might be improving. But let's, see. let's see what the doc has to
3: yeah, say. All right, all, right, all right, let's watch it. Joe Burrow sustained an ACL-MCL tear um, in November 2020. He went on to have uh, surgery that same uh, month in, in November and then uh, to repair his ACL as an MCL. So uh, 12 months removed from there would then put him back into November of 2021. Nine months removed from there, especially from an ACL MCL repair, um, puts him around August, 2021. So it's no surprise that they're making a big push for him to return week one most reports and then the video analysis from practices show that he is moving um, out of the pocket. He's making you know throws with that uh, left leg being planted into the ground itself um, and then moving into a specific direction. And so we're going to want to see that he continues to do that and also passes more criteria um, during practice to ensure that he is still making Full recovery because full recovery from then would be from 12 months from there and so he's gonna be pushing for a week one return date most reports show that he is also uh, trying to push for that week one return date you're gonna be looking that preseason they ramp up uh, some more activity during practice um, we may see him in preseason three um, but looking to see that he gets into that week one return date from that ACL MCL repair
2: All right, so the last person that I got a chance to talk to Doctor Reyes about is OBJ. We haven't Odell. heard Odell. Odell. Odell, my all right. boy. Odell, all right. Odell. Is he concerned about Odell? Listen. You know, I,
1: mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad uh you had a chance to talk to him because although I want to believe that he's going to return, I think we're all thinking that he's going to return to that New York Giants Odell. We really haven't seen that in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not like his injury occurred like last off season. It yeah. occurred in season, a mm-hmm. few games in season, and we're just you know we've seen the videos of him like running super fast on the treadmill. He didn't end up on the pup to start, but he really hasn't participated in practice. I like O'Dell, and, man. And okay. I think it's I think what's baked into his current ADP is the fact that he's in a, a primarily a run volume offense. Mm-hmm. Baker's his quarterback, you know, good but not great. Not ex- you know, and that he's coming off an injury. But I don't think what what is baked in is the potential that he may not be a hundred percent when he comes back. Again, mm-hmm. that may this may be a situation where we're just assuming that knee going to be a hundred percent. We're assuming that it's not going to be eased in. Everyone you know, everyone's worried about Saquon uh, as far as you know him being eased in. But we're not. No one has the same concern, uh. or no one said anything about Odell. Just yet, so Let's see I'm interested. Yeah, say, I'm, I'm, right.
3: see you didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like hearing that. Not at no, no, Not at all. Not all right. The truth hurts. I <laughs> <laughs> see what uh, Doctor Ace has to say about it. Some of you may be wondering when Odell be- Beckham Jr. will return to full practice and uh, play um, after sustaining an ACL tear. Well, he sustained his ACL tear on November 10th, 2020, actually in September and then had surgery on November 10th. And so then therefore his earliest return to uh, play would be nine months from there. That would make it about August, 2021. They're going to want to see that he passes all criteria past the nine months through the rehabilitation program itself, and then through the strength condition and then through practice drills. And so you'll see that most reports that he is actually moving through practice right now and doing most practice drills, but no contact. And so we're gonna be looking that he's gonna actually ramp that up over the next coming weeks in preseason, and then looking for a return on week one. He's He is actually moving forward without the pup list, and, and so they're gonna be looking to wrap uh, him up for that week one return date. That would put him around 10 months um, away from surgery. So it's right around that timeline in which we see these individuals return from ACL tears. Then we want to see, you know, month 11, month 12 to full recovery by then. And now they're uh, full into their season. So you're going to be looking at a limited role when he does first start. However, that is going to be ramped up, barring any setbacks for him. So look for a week one return date for him.
2: So well, let's talk about lineups. And it seems like the casual fantasy football drafter is starting to jump into some of these drafts. I know I drafted a couple teams over this last week. Nice. And I see fewer badges actually in my draft. Really? Let's actually address them for a second. For the casual drafter, um, you know, what exactly are you looking for when you look at fantasy value? Like, how do you determine fantasy value when you're you know setting up to get prepared for a draft well I mean the
1: first thing you know for a casual drafter is you really really have to understand the format that you're in mm mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're just now jumping into the game because likely you're pulling from a variety of different resources and it's really hard to put certain articles in context you know you probably have come ac- across uh, you know zero RB strategy and that may be viable in a, in certain formats where you're starting three wide receivers in a flex, or uh, but in, in a format like uh, the FFPC or formats where you only have to start two wide receivers, you don't necessarily have to go that route. And, that may, and, and to me, that may be less viable. You know, half point PPR versus PPR, standard, you know, or non-PPR versus PPR. Those are all very, very important. But really understanding, you know, what you need from a starting lineup, that is – extremely key so that's usually the first thing that uh i think uh uh you know people who are just now starting to draft need to need to tackle first and the next thing is understanding what the current adp looks like what the current landscape looks like because it's easy to get through the first second and maybe third rounds but once you start to get in the middle rounds and especially the later rounds. That's when you start to kind of get lost. And especially if you're just doing drafts for the first time, you start to get flustered a bit. So you really want to look at what what do ADPs look like? What can I anticipate there being for me in the fifth round? And once you have a good sense of that, then you can start drafting it based off of what you believe. So if you believe zero RB is viable and you're thinking, I'm going to draft four wide receivers, then you need to have a good understanding of which RBs are going to be there for you in that mirror mid to later rounds. And if you're not comfortable with those running backs or you don't feel like your team is uh, a uh, a team that it, you know can can take down a tournament, then you need to adjust your strategy a bit. So, understanding the draft format format, uh, you know, having a good sense of what ADP's currently look look like, that's really what you should focus on before you start drafting.
2: Dio, uh, let's stay on the same topic, but let's address it from a different point of point of view. Like, how do you contrast talent versus being in a good situation? A player you are high on has a lot of talent. Let's say like a Janu being there with Hunter Henry. But those are two stud tight ends versus a tight end that may not have a battle, but is in a better situation. Like, how do you determine who has the better fantasy value when it comes to choosing a tight end in a situation like that?
0: Tight end or just any
2: players? Just any position, okay. but just, for instance, like that situation where both of those receivers are highly talented. But I kind of, I mean, I kind of fade them a little bit because, let's be honest, like there are two stud tight ends who yeah. could take carries away from each other. Right, right, right.
0: I mean, ideally when in fantasy you want to find the players that kind of meet at the interse- intersection of both talent and situation. Those are the best players obviously. The players where you know they're probably gonna get most of the touches, they're they're gonna get um they're gonna be involved in the offense, probably one of the, the major playmakers for their team, you know. Um and then also they're the ones that they, they can take it to the house any moment, you know, um they they can catch over anybody that defended them. You know you want players like that. Um now when it gets to the point later in the draft, you know, it starts to kind of split. You kind of have like a fork in the road, kind of like what you're speaking of. You start going down the path of players that have talent, but probably not in the the best situation. Or players that are in a fairly okay situation, but the talent's not there. For example, you look at somebody like, um, what was I going to say? The the guy that they were talking about this week, Malcolm Brown. Mm -hmm. Okay, Malcolm Brown, talent-wise, is not what you would probably look for. Jag. but Below Jag. All of a sudden this week, everybody saw that he was getting those first-team reps at running back, mm-hmm. His value is now increased. People are not increasing his value because they think he's good. They're increasing his value because the situation improved from where they saw it was before, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you look at another situation where, kind of like what you're saying, Janu has the talent, but he's splitting work with another tight end. We don't even know if he's splitting. They might both be out there at the yeah. same time, um, but when you think of just the, the position of tight end, he is having somebody else there that you can maybe say is even more talented than him. He was a higher draft pick. Um, yeah. Other than last year, he was always looked at higher than Janu. Hmm. Um So it definitely depends. Um, I'm the guy that likes opportunity over talent. Now, they do say talent always, you know, the queen rises to the crop. I mean, rises to the top. But like I always preach, you know, no matter what we think about talent-wise as far as these players – all that matters is what the coach thinks, right, like everybody thinks Miles Gaskin is far more superior than Malcolm Brown, mm-hmm. but the dolphin coaches, for whatever reason, are wanting to utilize Malcolm Brown, you right. know, so regardless of what we think, you know we have to kind of see how it is from the the coach's eyes um so I'm a guy that likes situation i'm a guy that likes somebody that I can um probably see as probably getting most of the touches. Um, I like when they're in a position where there's not a lot of other players in the room with them. Like if mm-hmm. they're running back, probably sharing the room with two, three other running backs, not five, six running backs. Um, and that's kind of what got me on Logan Thomas last year. If you were mm-hmm. asking about tight ends, it was one of the situations where I didn't see many other competitors in the tight end room. Um, the guy had a a unique profile as far as being a former quarterback from Virginia uh, Virginia Tech. Had speed. Had uh, um, had strength. You know, all he needed was the opportunity, and the opportunity was there. Bam, you know, the, and the rest is history. So, um, I prefer opportunity, but don't forget talent, because when you pay attention to talent, once the opportunity does arise, that then becomes a sleeper.
1: Yeah, I think you brought it, you know, you you mentioned, you, you, you sort of kind of described it perfectly. Where talent intersects, where optimal talent intersects, optimal opportunity those guys usually get drafted in the first round. You look mm-hmm. at somebody like C Mac, Tyree Kill, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, et cetera. Those right. are obvious. But right. then when we start to kind of move down, even when we get to the second round, this is where we start to have the question. And I really kind of wanted to talk about, you know, players in this sense because I think this is really what we battle with. This mm-hmm. is how we decide who has, quote-unquote, upside or or who, value, is, yeah. or who has yeah. value, etc. Right. So there are a number of guys who have the talent, or we view as talented, but the situation and opportunity may not necessarily be there. And this right. is at all different levels. We can start off in the second round. Let's take someone like Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. No one is arguing that our Antonio Gibson shouldn't be going in the second round. OK, I'm not making that argument. You want to take him anywhere in the second round? I'm not going to make that argument. What I will argue, though, is the certainty or this you know, notion that this is for sure. And I know most people aren't saying for sure, but, you know, he seems to be the darling of 2021 as far as having that very, you know, uh, you know, the potential RB1 mm-hmm. uh, overall upside. And when I see, you know what his situation looks like as far as having J.D. McKissick on this team, the guy who caught 90-plus passes. Mm-hmm. And we do this in fantasy all the time. We gravitate towards the guy that we want to succeed. So we want J.D. McKissick to go away. We want Peyton Barber to go away. We mm-hmm. want all these players to go away because we want Antonio Gibson to be that RB1 overall. And then we have something like what we saw in the first preseason game, and I, and I get it, granted, first preseason game, but we saw him come off a third down. And I understand he got three targets, only ran eight plays. I get all of that. Again, we're not arguing if he should be going in the second round. We're arguing, can he be that number one overall? And in my mind, he would need to be a three-down back. We always mm-hmm. talk about these workhorses, workhorse back. So I'm not saying that that's for sure what's going to happen or that his role is not going to expand. Again, that's just a data point. That's just another piece of this four-dimensional puzzle. Mm-hmm. But that's something that concerns me. And then you go to a guy like Nick Chubb. That's the guy to me that I've talked about on the show all the time. To me, his talent is at the top. Right. You know? But his situation is less than others. But that's a guy that, based on his talent, based on that O-line, based on everything that makes him successful, I'm willing to take that challenge. When we get to the mid-rounds, a guy that I've been battling with lately because we've seen this wide receiver shift up one to two rounds, and it's yeah. making it very difficult yeah. to get a lot of these guys uh, Kenny Galladay, he seemed to be there in the sixth round, early seventh round. Remember last year, Kenny Galladay was going in the second round.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Kenny Galladay was everyone's Terry McLaurin and third C- round. Third third round. round. Yeah. yeah. he was everyone's CD lamb and Terry McLaurin. He was supposed to set the world on fire yeah. and we knew the talent was there. Okay. Uh, and by all accounts, by all the metrics, he's a very, very good player and he has all the attributes of a, an elite wide receiver, but we understand what his situation is. Okay, And so that's a guy, again, where like if you're in a large field tournament, uh, he's someone I'm willing to take that shot on Hmm. because to me, he again, I don't think that he's going to be Steph Diggs, but I'm using that Steph Diggs comparison from, you know, someone we're just not quite sure about. We know that they're talented, but we Mm -hmm. don't you know, the 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 situation's a question mark. Mm -hmm. But if his situation improves then that ADP and that value can significantly improve. So as we talk about guys, I think moving forward, we're always going to bring up this idea of talent versus situation and opportunity and where do they fall on those scales. And that should kind of help us out as far as determining, you know, are we getting a player at value or is this a player that we want to target, et cetera.
0: Right,
2: right. You brought up CeeDee Lamb. Have y'all finally caught up to – Hard knocks? No. No. You know,
1: let's pay no attention no. to
0: hard knocks.
2: No Are y'all just no, saying no. that just because it's the Cowboys and we're not supposed to be watching the
1: Cowboys? No. Uh, I, do. I, I literally have never watched hard knocks today. No, life.
0: I watch hard knocks, but I'm not watching
1: the Cowboys. <laughs> and I do, I do, yeah, it's no interest whatsoever. <laughs> All right. We uh, just lost about 30% of our, our viewership. <laughs> All no, right. But real quick, uh, just uh-huh. to
0: piggyback off what Abby was saying, a player that you can look at as having a good situation. But maybe we don't totally believe in the talent. of mm-hmm. somebody like a Mike Davis, exactly. You know?
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Mike Davis. I mean, remember this guy started off with this. I don't even know if he started with the C- Seahawks, but I think he was with the Seahawks. He was a third, uh, third, uh, third uh, string running back. Mm-hmm. He then went to the Bears. Uh, I think they signed him to be the starter. And lost the job before the yeah. season even started. I think that's when they drafted David Montgomery. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Ended up going to the the Panthers, and he was CMax backup, you know. And then he got the opportunity, you know. The rest is history. Um, But prior to, even up since last year, nobody thought Mike Davis was anything special. Mm -hmm. Now the guy's being taken in the round four or five, you know, maybe late six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And why is his value that high? Because of his opportunity. You know, I guarantee you if the Falcons somehow signed a a running back that had talent, um, that was any threat whatsoever to Mike Davis, people would be second guessing um, Mm -hmm. that Mike Davis pick. You know, while at the same time, if the Panthers added somebody, nobody's gonna be nervous about seeing that. And night. this is important. You know, so.
1: And this is important because this is why we always preach stay ready. Because mm-hmm. none of us were drafting. You know, Miles Gaskin. We're not taking a victory lap because, you know, one preseason game does not dictate or indicate. You know what the entire season is gonna. I, I, I anticipate that Miles Gaskin gets the majority of the carries or the yeah, more so. pro, you know profitable carries. Right. You know, as far as receptions and things like that. I'm not saying don't take them, but One reason why we didn't have a lot of Miles Gaskin is because we really took a deep dive into that situation. We looked at the Malcolm Brown signing. You know, even though he's a Jagger, just below average Jag, Mm -hmm. uh, we understood that, you know, he's someone.
0: They also added Carlos High. No, what am I saying? Um, They they, um, drafted uh, Garrett Dokes. Yeah, Dokes. Another rookie running back. And yeah, they have back, Salvin yeah. Ahmed on the you yeah. know, they, roster, you know? They, they like put that, in yeah. a waiver claim for carry-on yeah. Johnson mm-hmm. yeah. when the Eagles kind of beat them yeah. to it. So, you can kind of
1: see. That that Who's it, it, and who and where does this coaching tree arise? Um, Belichick. Yeah, Belichick, right, So mm-hmm. you know, right, right. right. Oh, another thing. Running is, back by committee. The, the Broncos traded in front
0: of the Dolphins mm-hmm. to draft Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Because they knew or they thought, yeah. for whatever reason, the Dolphins were targeting Williams, yeah. so so you can kind of see they weren't sold yeah. on Gaskin really being the guy.
1: And this is why I personally don't you know buy into this idea of the running back dead zone. I don't just avoid uh, three or four rounds of drafting running backs because historically it's shown to be the dead zone. No, I go by you look at each running back and you determine does this guy have a high likelihood of busting? What does his situation look like? what is his talent like? Because I mm-hmm. guarantee you, if, if if Gaskins was super talented. I don't care who's back there. I wouldn't be worried, and I would right. be taking him where he's going. He'd Probably be going higher if he was talented. exactly because you can so. basically Jonathan Taylor. You know, yeah. if you you know, we saw you know Marlon yeah. Mack looks like he's back. I That's was wrong on that one. Yeah. yeah, Marlon Mack looks like he's back. He's so he you know, but Jonathan Taylor is so much talented that even with Mac, even with Hines, you're willing to take him in the yeah. you know second you know second round for for us. But mm-hmm. you're willing to take him that high because of the talent. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really understanding each situation and those running backs, I wouldn't say just completely ignore them. Take a deep dive in, figure out who you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Now, now
0: let me add one more thing and then we can move on. Yeah. Um, like I said, I usually prefer the running backs that have more of the situation, you know, the touch opportunity. But the later I get in the draft, especially in FFPC, when you start talking about round 16 mm-hmm. to the end, I'm going with the talent. I'm going with the super mm. high upside.
1: That's how I define upside.
0: Yeah, the super, the yeah. super high upside because those mm. are situations where you know whatever uh, thing happens, and then those guys end up being in great situations, and then you, they already have the talent. So you're, you're, it's a, again, it's like you hit the lotto. You know, yeah. you don't want a guy that's not talented that ends up getting the job, and you're not even excited about starting him yeah. because you think he sucks anyway. So. The, the late, late rounds, I go with the high talent because that, for me, is upside. Um, but in the mid to late, I go with more, you know, situation.
2: Yep. So, so let's talk about upside a bit, but let's move to the quarterback position. Uh, this last week, I know it's preseason, but we got a chance to get a good look at these rookie quarterbacks. Let's go through, let's evaluate them a little bit. Yeah. Which rookie quarterback really surprised you in a good way and in a bad way?
1: I was very actually I don't want to use the term very, uh, but I like what I saw from Zach Wilson. Okay. And we've talked about Zach Wilson on the show, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have these, you know, you call it hedging all you want, but it's a contrasting views where. I really liked the talent of Zach Wilson. I felt like he had the most upside in the draft. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I don't like yeah, that flick of the
0: wrist. Yeah. That we like. I
1: don't like comparing players. I know people don't like comparing players. Uh, and I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. But when I think of, okay, you know, just a light comp to give people an idea. Yeah, I was we seeing Aaron, Aaron I mean, Rodgers yeah. in the type of throws that he was making in his mobility, uh, just in his moxie. I really loved what I saw coming into this year, and we understood the conference, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of you know some of the risks that were associated with that draft pick. But I really like what I saw in that preseason game, and he didn't mm-hmm. make any big spat, splash plays. We already knew he had arm talent, but I still loved the zip that I saw on the ball. I love the accuracy. Mm-hmm. I love that he was not afraid to throw into tight windows. I loved his composure in the pocket. I really like what I saw from the offensive line both in the pass and the run game. That gave me confidence that this offense can be balanced. And I think <laughs> as a rookie quarterback, you need to be balanced. It's a little bit of a leap of faith uh in a first-time OC, but understanding, you know, who this OC has studied under, mm-hmm. I had some Fair of optimism coming in, so when you kind of put all of that together, I'm not drafting Zach Wilson. You know, and I'm talking about redrafts and best ball. You know, anybody's game, especially quarterbacks. But, I have him in a yeah. best ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in redraft, I'm not drafting him. But there are pieces in that offense now that before where I would not have considered. Now I'm considering. Mm-hmm. You know, we you, you guys know, you guys know, I've always been on Elijah Moore. Elijah but Moore. Mm-hmm. yeah, Corey Davis. And I'm I'm not – I still would take Elijah Moore over Corey Davis just because, again, getting back to that talent versus opportunity, yeah. to me, I understand where he was drafted.
2: Y'all can okay? keep sleeping on Corey Davis if you want to. Yeah, Go to ahead. me,
1: what I've seen with my eyes – and this is – I know this is very subjective, okay, mm-hmm. but my own personal grade on Corey Davis is very, very low. Okay. Very, very low. So – that's why I just don't draft Corey Davis. To me, the talent versus opportunity is there's too big of a discrepancy there, too, too, too big a range. So I prefer a guy like Elijah Moore where he may start off slow, but I feel like his talent will overcome, his ability to separate. Mm-hmm. His, you know, the rapport that I think he's already building with Zach Wilson, at least based on tra- you know camp reports, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be established. I think, you know, to me, Corey Davis is someone who has a very difficult job of just separating and for a rookie quarterback, he's going to look for that guy. And I think they're going to scheme, you know, Elijah Moore open. But again, getting back to Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. he was definitely, you know, my favorite, uh, you know, from this uh, past preseason.
2: As quad as it's kept. That receiver room is not that bad. You talking about the Jets? The Jets. No, no because they still no, got no, Jamison Crowder too. I, bad. Bad. Like, I like Corey Davis. Yeah. I like yeah.
0: I mean, Corey Davis was a top ten draft pick. Yeah. Right? yeah First but he round could, not too yeah, long ago. I mean, I know it's been a long time, but he went to the Titans who who was their who was the great quarterback they had. Right. What Who was the great offensive assistant they had? AJ Brown was just a beast to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's just an upper echelon receiver. So yeah, if you so talk, if you he talk can to
1: withstand. if you talk to people who like I mean, I think I feel like they're different schools of thought in terms of that draft pick for Corey Davis. Cause like we keep bringing up that he's a first round pick, no, 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 but a I lot of people felt like it. he should not have been a first round pick. I got mm.
0: you. I got you. I'm just saying he has, he has talent, you know, he has talent. He has the prototypical size and from the preseason, obviously Zach Miller likes to throw him the ball for whatever reason. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. And he was their big offseason signing. If you really look at all the yeah, contracts yeah. they gave out, mm-hmm. they gave him the most money. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis. I'm not saying I'm drafting him high. Mm-hmm. I'll take him at value. Um, I'll definitely take him in the best ball. Zach Wilson, I think, is a perfect best ball um, quarterback, so mm-hmm. I like that call. Um, but I like Elijah Moore. I actually still kind of uh, like Jamison Crowder. I don't really know what they're going to do with him because it feels like him and Elijah Moore are the same type of receiver, but we don't know what what's going to happen there. And as far as the other options they have, they have Keenan Cole. They just signed mm-hmm. and They have... Denzel Mims, who mm-hmm. they seem like they're not really that high on. They didn't draft him. Remember, that was the old regime. So, you know, I'm not going to hate on Corey Davis. But anyway.
2: But so that's I look- how I feel about Jamison Crowder, though. It seemed like they were willing to let him go they were, and just if, my, he, if he didn't to, sign back to, for to, less money. No,
1: Yeah, to me, I think it's not necessarily a knock on Jamison Crowder's talent. I think it's based off of their scheme, they probably didn't see him as a high-value player. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're a team that's running a bunch of or wants to run maybe a bunch of three, four three wide slots, three receivers. Yeah. yeah, so maybe, or even if they do, I don't think they view the slot receiver as the ideal. So I'm, I'm like, I actually see Elijah Moore as a flanker, as the outside wide receiver, and then he can kind yeah, of I move can see around. That. I can see That's that. more what I see Elijah Moore as. I so I feel that. like he will be a starter regardless of the uh, but, formation they run. But
0: Crowder has talent, you know. Yeah, i say yeah. that. We yeah. saw it just last yeah. year. So you never know what happens. You yeah. talent, yeah.
1: as long as the opportunity's
0: there, talent can show itself. But as far as the question you had with the quarterback...
2: That's what I was going to say. Jets fans, we we have given you your topic <laughs> no, no, no. for this He's season. You want <laughs> stand up. First of all, <laughs> all,
0: first of all, let me not get on my soapbox too long. But for a number two draft pick, yeah. he sure is not talked about anywhere compared to no. the other quarterbacks oh, yeah, like yeah, in no, the first round.
2: No, no. No. The no. number
0: two overall pick? Yeah. And there's five quarterbacks and they talk about yeah. all other four ones except for him. So, yeah. they need to talk more about... Who draft
2: surprised draft. you though?
0: Um, So that's what I was going to say. None of them surprised me, actually. They actually all looked the way I thought they were going to look. And I'll take it even further. Not just those uh, first-round quarterbacks, but even the Kelly Mons, the um, Mm -hmm. Trask, and the Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. They all look fairly okay, too. Um, Now, remember, Mons was just dealing with COVID. I think he had like four or five days of practice. So, you know, he really didn't have that many reps. But he didn't look like he was out of place. Kyle Mm -hmm. Trask did okay. Davis Mills did okay, um, and these are all rookies we 're talking about, so mm-hmm. they all looked good um Trey lance he had uh, some high plays and he, he had some low plays, which is kind of where you would think trey lance would be that's the reason why he's a project you yeah. know um that's the reason he's not starting day one, but you can see what 's in there. you yeah. know you can see why they they covered him so much. Justin Fields, you saw that composure, that same composure he saw I mean he showed when he was at Ohio State. So you know that wasn't a surprise. Trevor Lawrence, you look like you can kind of see he might have been a little bit nervous, you know. Yeah. Um, but you can also see that once he he kind of settles down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he'll probably be perfect for that for that job there, as far as being yeah. in in Jacksonville. So all of them look good to me. Mac Jones, we already discussed him. Yeah. He looked pretty good, you yeah. know. Mac Jones. Look- Actually, if I was to say which one looked the best, I'd probably say it's Mac Jones. You know, he didn't run as much.
2: Y'all don't like uh, how Justin Fields looked? So, yeah.
1: So, Justin Fields to me, uh, when he made those plays, number one, the plays that he made, I was not all that impressed with. You know, one of the wide receivers was wide open. The running play. They were against backups.
0: The running play wasn't that. It was was nothing special. He just ran to the side and ran in. I just so, saw
2: flashes that, that made me think, okay. I saw, I saw nothing. I saw nothing.
1: And it, and it changes. It doesn't change my ADP whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. It it looked it, the it, way it I did. thought he would look. Yeah, but I didn't see any. I didn't, but I still I didn't see the Justin Fields of like, you know, the collegiate days or like, oh, that's why they drafted him. Mm-hmm. He looked very average to me. The plays were very average. Again, there was, he started to, you know, exceed, if you want to even say, you know, use the term exceed against the yeah. backup defense. I was not very impressed with Trevor Lawrence. And this changes nothing about his ADP to me. But this is, again, this is – so this is actually one of those situations where, you know, when we look at talent versus situation, because I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Like, you know, you know, I kind of went off on that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the alternative to the Trey Lance if you miss out. But when I was, you know, grading uh, these quarterbacks coming out of the draft and then going back and watching film, <laughs> I was not one of the ones who felt like Trevor Lawrence was like the – easy number one you made overall him as pick. Mm. No, I did not. I I, I felt like, you know, I, I could see why they would take him as number one, but you know, I was hearing things that he is, you know, this generational pick. He's like the, you know, I didn't Andrew see Love. generational pick either. I saw none of that. I yeah. saw none of that. And so actually what I saw when I kind of, you know, was reviewing his college tape was basically, you know, at least from an inadequacy standpoint, was kind of what I saw this preseason. Again, this means nothing because mm-hmm. Number one, the plays that they ran were very vanilla and likely. And I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Urban uh, and Dan Camp, and, and um, what's what's the OC's name? Oh, is it? No, it's not Sean It's one of those Seahawks. Oh. Yeah, he was with the uh, Detroit Lions. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, yeah. but I'm I'm fairly sure that they were, uh, you know, very vanilla Darren and didn't Bevel, show. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Bevel. I'm I'm very sure that they didn't show anything. So I'm not really necessarily talking about the plays, but it's. You know, even that one play to Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. I don't know, you, you can pro- that'll probably be the last time he's able to sit in a pocket for six seconds and be untouched. What? <laughs> you know, and, and, and he had and, all day. All day, and he just, and it was like, it was like he struggled going through the progressions, mm-hmm. and I felt like he locked in on him. and yes, you could see the arm talent there, you know, it was zip on the ball, and it was just, you know, he was able to get it to Marvin Jones, but... You know, didn't really like that. So man, y'all being hard. They're rookies. Again, I know they're rookies. Rookies first preseason game. What man. I'm saying, though, is like that correlated to what I saw from a college standpoint. Right. But this goes again into the situation an opportunity. Yeah. You know, so number one, he's not, you know, he's not running like you know, Justin Fields, but he can run though. He, but can, but move he can run, run. Exactly, can exactly. Run. Yeah. exactly. But he can run. So yeah. that's what that's one reason why I like him. I also love the offensive weapons there. Mm-hmm. So I still am drafting him and still have the same optimism I had before right. that. So it didn't change anything. Right. But in terms of like people who didn't like shock me, yeah. He was one. I will say this though. Uh the way he locked on to Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. You damn believe I'm. 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 I like that. That to me it did change as far as you know how i'm going to be drafting marvin jones and he's been talked about as you know you know definitely you know this is one of those situations where everyone's you know, just take the cheaper guy mm-hmm. i've talked about before like i don't you know i don't believe in that necessarily mm-hmm. but this is one of those situations where yeah i'm 100% taking the cheaper cheaper guy especially given where he's going in drafts yeah
0: you know that preseason doesn't do nothing to me so I know, we know we know <laughs> that, we does, we that know. doesn't really matter yeah, um, We know again they they all look good to me for rookie quarterbacks first, first game. ever nfl yeah. experience None of them look like they were just like backups. Though. Totally off. They were, off. His, they were but, but, backups. But historically, there's been a lot of instances where these rookies come in the preseason, they just don't look good. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they it's their first time. You know the yeah. lights. You know yeah. they're under the lights. They're on TV. But we
1: felt like this was going to be a good QB class. We
0: did. Yeah. And, so. and so far, they're not disappointed us all. I'm no, saying. no. Right. And again,
1: right. what they've done in training camps and OTAs and all the reports we've heard has way more weight and way more precedent than what is going on. You know, in preseason, I think, you know, preseason, especially that first game, I think coaches are really just saying, OK, let's line up appropriately. Let's avoid these stupid penalties. Like, right. let's, you know, let's like let's just get the basics down. Mm-hmm. And I love what I heard from Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. We got to pick up the pace. I felt mm-hmm. like we were too sluggish. I want to move at a quicker pace. Trying I love that. Kelly that was the biggest something. thing that I took from that 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 game. Mm-hmm. We want a quicker pace. Right. Love hearing that from a coach.
2: Yeah. So, we talked about rookie quarterbacks. Let's talk about rookie receivers. I never feel good drafting rookie receivers. How do you guys evaluate rookie receivers, and are you really drafting them? I'm like, I don't trust a rookie receiver. I'm sorry. I just don't. Each situation
1: is has to be Different. evaluated independently, Yeah, mm-hmm. and we always say that. Put everything in context. Yeah, so the reason Devontae Smith goes where Love he him. goes is because – you know, when you look around at the competition of targets, there aren't many, especially from the wide receiver position. So that's why. And, and obviously, you know, maybe some of the uh, the hot, you know, the, the Justin Jefferson, you know, hype uh, or what he did was able to do last year makes people a little bit more comfortable. Right. But then you see guys like Jalen Waddle, who, who was drafted ahead of him, mm-hmm. go much late. And that's, again, because you're looking at talent versus situation and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think you just got to be careful. You know, these are perfect guys to draft late mm-hmm. in drafts. These are lottery picks, in my opinion, because they can their talent can overcome. Like you said, the cream can rise to the top. Right. But then also, you know, they're one injury away from really being relevant. Mm -hmm. And One guy we talked about all the time, Rondell Moore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was one guy that I was very impressed with what I saw. And this is exactly what we talked about. From like day one of the podcast, mm-hmm. Everybody's talking this, about Rondell Moore, man. This dude. Everybody. What we we've been talking about this, you know, for two months now. In terms of how explosive he is, mm-hmm. how I saw them using him, it was one reason why, you know, it, it was a, it was a minor reason, but one reason why I wasn't drafting Chase Edmonds uh, is because I felt like Rondell Moore was going, you know, he going to get some touches out of the backfield. Mm. He can be used in that situation. Yeah. Uh, so we saw him on reverse or, or jet sweeps. Uh, I really think he's going to play that slot position, yeah. that Larry Fitzgerald position. I really think he's got that job. And like I talked about before, this is one reason why I'm so high on Kyler Murray is because I feel like adding Rondell Moore to that team mm-hmm. is really going to allow that offense to absolutely explode. Yeah. Hmm. I
0: like all the rookie receivers, honestly. The ADP might be in question. You mm-hmm. know, like Jamar Chase is going in the fifth round. That might be a no, he's going in the fourth round. Oh, yeah. Fourth yeah. or fifth. You know, it depends. Um, that might be a question. But I like Jamar Chase a lot. So, you know, hmm. I, I don't mind that pick at all. I've liked him for a while. Devontae Smith, I like a lot, you know, where he's going. Um, we spoke about Rondell Moore. Terrence Marshall is looking like a great value where he's going. Um, what other rookie wide receivers came in? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. We're seeing these highlights, you know, I mean, highlights are, you know, the highlights. before his injury. Um,
1: who Bateman before his end. Bateman
0: was a value, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. They were talking about how good he looked in camp. Um, even if you go even later, Diami uh, Brown, mm-hmm. um, again, uh, you got Nico one, Collins, these guys,
1: one injury away. Yeah, you, you mentioned mm-hmm.
0: Elijah Moore. All these yeah. rookies look like they can contribute. Now they might not contribute week one. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the past few years in the NFL, these rookie running backs by the end of the season end up just being beasts, yeah. you know. And this was supposedly one of the the better receiver classes. In a while. So I like the rookie wide receivers.
1: You just have to be patient when you draft these guys. Just like with rookie running backs, but I think even more so with rookie wide receivers. Especially the ones that are on bad teams. So somebody like a Nico Collins, if you don't feel like you can sit on Nico Collins for six weeks, you know, with knowing that he's the third string, then you shouldn't draft him. I'm drafting Nico Collins because I'm assuming that this Texans team is not going to be in a playoff race. So at some point... In the season, they're going to go from, you know, trying to be competitive in games to trying to evaluate their player personnel. And that especially means their rookies, potentially their rookie quarterback, but especially their rookie wide receiver. Nico has already been getting a lot of buzz in camp. So I really like Nico where he's going because, you know, again, we're not hoping for injuries, but if, you know, we, you know, Cooks is not the most healthiest person, you know. He's, you know he's been healthy the last few years, but anything could happen. He hasn't but even with, yeah, enough. but even with Cooks, I feel like he could offer uh, quite a bit of value. Oh, the last thing I want to say about Terrence Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, I've been we've been a Terrence Marshall fan. Okay, you've I'm, been a Terrence. Yeah, Marshall yeah, yeah Marshall. I've been a Terrence. Marshall. I'm not saying that he's Curtis Samuel. I don't even think he's Curtis Samuel. The reason I like Terrence Marshall is because I think he's going to line up in the slot. But I I especially like him because I feel like he could lead that team in the receiving core and touchdowns. I feel like the, you know people always talk about DJ Moore. Oh, because you know, you know the amount of targets he gets. He, you know, we had to see some positive TD regression. Well, some of these players just aren't good in the red zone, and some of these teams don't want to target these players in the red zone. So it's not all about it's not always about oh this guy gets X amount of targets that means we have to see TD regression. You can see some teams specifically target guys in the red zone, and some players are built to be targeted in the red zone, and some players are not. So. For me, Terrence Marshall, that big body slot wide receiver, I I really think he could, you know, be a red zone threat. Uh, I will say, though, I was not happy to see him get run down on that. (laughs) I was not impressed by that play whatsoever. But then to see him get run down. (laughs) And we've seen him like run away from defenders in college. But that was, you know, I think he got like 445 speed or something like that. Part of that, DJ Moore, before we move on, Mm -hmm. might be due to the quarterback, though. Mm. OK, so I mean, I'm not I, I don't have like high hopes for Sam Darnold. <laughs> That's just,
2: yeah, I just, you know. So let's talk about ambiguous backfields, because my guy, Jimmy Williams, on YouTube, this is a shout out to you. You actually talked about ambiguous backfields and you wanted us to talk about Miami and the Patriots. But I actually think there's a lot more there are. Tons of backfields that are pretty ambiguous. And I know that we talked about it in the group chat. I want to touch on some of those backfields, whether it's the Rams or the Chargers or the Saints. And I know what you're thinking. Alvin Kamara is there with the Saints. But what if Alvin Kamara goes down? I want to talk about some of these backfields. And uh, who do you guys think is the best handcuff to have in a backfield? I know we did a segment Last week on handcuffs, but let's talk about ambiguous backfield. So let's start off with Miami because I know that we touched on that quite a bit. Wait,
1: before we get to Miami, mm-hmm. let me just mention the Texans real quick because I need mm-hmm. to take that L. Okay, good, good, Pre- good, Preseason should not, you know, you know, it's one just one preseason game, but. We've been, you know, we've been kind of hearing some things, kind of here and there, Mm -hmm. and we've been constantly talking about it. And Dale's always been draft Mm -hmm. Philip Lindsay, draft Philip Lindsay.
2: So we went
1: from like, okay, David Johnson is a value. Yeah, David Johnson is a value in the ninth and tenth round. I have tons
2: of Johnson too.
1: The crazy thing is, and I feel bad, and I I apologize to everyone out there who (laughs) I was like, you know, draft David Johnson. I mean, I have some David Johnson shares, but I have way more Philip Lindsay shares. But I also I also did mention, when you draft David Johnson, because of where Philip Lindsey was going, especially at that
2: time. It was easy to handcuff. Yeah,
1: and, and I didn't even consider it a handcuff. handcuff but I felt yeah. like both were going so late mm-hmm. that I'll just grab one running back from that backfield. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking an early L on that. And, again, anything can change. David Johnson's still getting the third down roll. And when I talked about it, I talked about like they were likely going to be a negative game script. My idea was that, or, or what I envisioned and what I thought, and, again, this is where you kind of you know get yourself into trouble with assumption was that. It was really going to be David Johnson and Phillip Lindsay as the main ball carriers. I felt like Ingram was really going to be kind of in a minor role or even off the team. Uh, And my, my thought process was that because they were going to be in a negative game script situation, that David Johnson was going to get the majority of the hurry up. You know the two-minute offense and the third-down work. So the receptions, which is really what we cared about, and mm-hmm. I felt like he's more the back to be used at the goal line. So I felt like the valuable touches in that backfield were going to go to David Johnson. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, we saw the depth chart news, and we we were kind of we kind of already heard about it before. Philip Lindsay just somehow is my like most highest owned running back, by the way. Right good, <laughs> wow, know? very good. But but even then, like I'm at the point right now, especially because I'm anticipating Philip Lindsay's ADP rising. I won't be drafting any Texans running back. Mm-hmm. Now because we have to, you know, or at least early on right now, there's the assumption that Mark Ingram is a co-starter with Phillip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing those two split the first, you know, the early down work, and then David Johnson coming in for the third down work. You know, two I can deal with, three is too much for me. Yeah, so
2: yeah. I still
1: taking like the, I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the
2: L
0: on that. I, I, you know, obviously I got a lot of Lindsay. I've been trying yeah. to to everybody to draft as much Lindsay as possible um to me other than what i heard and all the cuz again you know we have our personal beliefs as far as talent but again like we mentioned earlier today it doesn't matter it's all about what the coaches care about to me the best pure runner out of the three was Philip Lindsay mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. saw what David Johnson has looked like in these last 2 years and if you talk about a, a player that looks broken i mean David Johnson when he's in the backfield running the ball he just He's him, not him produced
1: Him and Gurley were two guys We didn't yeah, want to it, it just, we, did. we, we were not it drafting It was guys not last happening year.
0: Whatsoever yeah. um, He looked slow Getting out the blocks yeah. um, He wasn't breaking tackles um, He did look good When he was catching the ball yeah. You know Coming out the backfield Or or, or lining it out wide um, But as far, as far as Just being a running back And I've always been Under the assumption That this Texans team Wants to run the ball A lot more um, so if you bring in the type of players they brought in Ingram, they they actually brought him in Ingram first before Lindsey was available. Hmm. Lindsey was tagged. I don't know if it was the transition or the franchise tag by the Broncos. So he wasn't even available. But then during the offseason, at one point, they took the tag away from Lindsey. The mm-hmm. Once they rescinded the offer, the Texans ended up signing Lindsey. So they signed or Lindsey wasn't even available when Ingram was signed. So who's to say? If Lindsey was available from the jump, they probably wouldn't even have signed Ingram, you know? <laughs> um, and I even think they restructured David Johnson's contract by that time period. So they still brought this guy in. Again, for me, he's the best pure runner, and I was hearing the reports even as far back as OTAs as far as him getting um, those first-team reps. So, so he was always a value. Where he's going now, I still don't think people
1: believe in the Texans. If he's going in, the, if he's going eleventh, twelfth, I mean, yeah. even the tenth, depending on how your team is started, if he's going, but if, he, if he's going there, then yes, draft I, I, I still think him. I think he's still
0: going to be available there, be available there because I still think yeah. people are not going to really yeah. feel like drafting
1: a Texans running back because you know? think about it. Number one, again, and I think this is like a little trick that I use for I'm gonna call this a bad team, a non playoff team. Let's, mm-hmm. let's use that term, a non playoff team. We going to the playoffs, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but sure. that back half of the season. That's when they get into player evaluation mode, especially mm-hmm. in a rebuilding franchise, you know, whether we want to call them rebuild or not, but that's when they get into player franchise mode. So these veterans, it could be the littlest thing. it's going to be you're sitting out this week, mm-hmm. maybe two weeks, okay And again, Ingram and David Johnson are already older backs anyway. Right. So over 30, both exactly. So if you can get Lindsay in those double digit rounds, and I guess now's the time to do it. And you know, we've, we've mentioned Lindsay before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you should have been getting them anyway. I'll take a partial L.
2: <laughs> I'll take the four. L. I'll take the four L.
1: But uh, yeah, if you can get Lindsey now, just again, he's one of those guys you just kind of hold on to because all it's going to take is one of those guys to be removed from the equation, mm-hmm. okay? And now you got your Philip Lindsey that you had in Denver Broncos, and he was being drafted a lot right. earlier than the 11th and 12th. And round. all those
0: guys do have injury concerns. Yeah, they so all got injury, injury concerns. Now, as far as the other ambiguous backfields. You have your. You mentioned the the Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots for a second. The guy I'm high on, and we've talked about him already on the show, Damian Harris. Mm -hmm. Who I didn't watch the game, but you were high on him early too. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, I guess people felt like whatever happened in the game made his value improve. Mm -hmm. Because I'm seeing all these tweets as far as rocket ships up. You know, the stock market graph going up. Something happened in that game. I I love that emoji, bro. (laughs) I don't don't know. So (laughs) yeah, I don't. Yeah. So Damian Harris is there. Uh, Sony Michel is still there, and that's a guy everybody mm-hmm. expected to be moved mm-hmm. at some point, or if cut. not made the team. Um, but he's still moving. Now, with that being
1: said. It doesn't make sense for, him, for, for them to move him, though. Because if Damien. Number one, Damien Harris hasn't been the most healthiest back. But if Damien Harris goes down, then who's filling his spot? Don't well, they, tell me well, Ramondre. They, they,
0: they have other guys. They have other guys. And I they have
1: I, other guys, but not other guys that played that early down role. Actually, they
0: do. They do. I haven't got to him yet, but they do. Don't say um, Ramondre Stevens. I'm not going to say him. But. um <laughs> Sonny Michelle, but here's the thing with Sonny Michelle. He was playing into the third quarter of that Patriots preseason game. Mm-hmm. Usually a guy from historically in preseason game that I've seen, guy that's typically in the plans for the team as far as being a, a high end player is not playing into the third quarter. You right. know, it's not like he's a young rookie or anything like that. But, anyways, they have him, they have James White. But the other guy they have And they talked about it or I talked about it on the show I was in On the Go district Yesterday with Shelly um, They have J.J. Taylor He's a small guy though J.J. Taylor he's a special team he, guy He's small as in height He's not small as in height. He, he, he is not an in-between attack He is not going to be He's he not going to
1: replace Damien Harris He
0: was running that way Last year And they gave him a lot of carries They gave him a fair amount of carries All I'm saying is he's, he's there scat-back. He's there He's, there. he's not a passing
1: down back. But what I'm saying is that, like, the, I think the reason that they're not just giving away Sony Michelle is because they want a legit RB 2
0: Okay, I mean that's fine. I'm just saying a that running back. There's guys there, and then yeah. of course there's Ramondre Stevenson, who he ran a long play, I guess.
3: I did that two is, literally at the end of the game. Um, like, did not
1: did not even matter. I did,
3: that yeah. was like <laughs> consequential.
0: So um, yeah, he's there. So the guy for me is still Damian Harris. I'm not wavering. I mean, y'all know y'all know me. Nothing in this preseason. Can happen that's going to really sway <laughs> what I, I yeah. see in anything. So,
1: so that's that. Now, well, I let mean, me, yeah. Let me say. So, it also didn't change anything for me because yeah. also who we saw playing with the first team was James White, mm-hmm. and James White has been the forgotten man, and he's like one of the last running backs drafted. Is in he? A lot I of think drafts. he's
0: still being taken like.
1: Well, thirteenth mean, You know, 13th okay. I you know what I mean? He's yeah. he going no? He's going later than that. Really? Yeah, way. Yeah, I later. Feel like he's going okay. way later than that. So. He's playing with the first team, and then again, if you're looking at Mac Jones starting, well, now you got a non-mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. And again, this is why I'm so high on DeAndre Swift. When you have a non—and when I mean non- when I say non-mobile, I don't just mean non-mobile. That they're like a you know the Konami codes. I also mean like non-mobile in the pocket. Some quarterbacks can really move in the pocket. They may not run, but they can really move in the pocket. Right. Stafford is kind of like that. He wants to be a throwing quarterback, but he can move in the pocket. Maybe he scramble a little bit here or there, mm-hmm. but he really moves in the pocket because he's mm-hmm. really looking downfield. But when you have a non mobile quarterback, they're going to sit in the pocket for a little bit, and if their reads aren't there, dump it down, especially in this offense. So James White, you know, I think has is, is just been a value uh, in drafts, and, and that's one reason why I don't have a lot of Damian Harris. And it's, it's yeah. just a, it's, it's a personal preference when it comes to drafting yeah. because I'm not saying that he's not a value in the 8th to ninth to 10th round. But he's not the type of running back that I'd like to draft on my team. He has value. And if I'm in a pinch, if I go zero RB or what, what have you, et cetera, or he like, falls to round 10, yes, I'm going to take him and maybe I'll use him here or there. But he's not the running back that I'm like, okay, yeah, I want that guy as my RB too. I think you're sleeping on Damian Harris, man. I just want – I, I, I want be, look, <laughs> on I want a running Harris. back that's not just going to run on first and second down. I want a I running back that's going to be able to catch passes.
0: I'm not sure I believe he's going to only be a first and second down running back personally, okay. but, but, I mean – so, that oh. means that
1: offense would have to literally change everything that they've done
0: I mean, for they, the last decade. They, they kind of have to. I mean, they, they're bringing in a new quarterback. I mean, Cam. How do they have to? They don't have to. Brady's gone. The offense, to me, was Brady. Everybody
1: knows. Okay, so Mac Jones offense, is Brady. The pa- Matt Jones. No, stop! Matt it doesn't, no, no, doesn't, I mean, I mean, he's the replacement. Not no, no. Brady. <laughs> he's a replacement, not from a talent. <laughs> no, no, Nobody's a, nobody a
0: true replacement for Brady. We all know that Brady is his own offense. You know, look, so what, what I'm not
1: is. saying that his talent is anything like Brady's. What I'm saying is that they brought in Mac Jones. Mac Jones is more like Tom Brady than Cam Jones is, not from a talent standpoint. Cam Newton. Than Cam Newton, not from a talent standpoint. But I'm talking about from a standpoint of how they run but that for offense. Me,
0: that, for me, Damien Harris's value is higher. With Mac Jones and his with Ken. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That I agree with. So, so that that's I agree actually with. that's actually a good that thing. That I agree with. Oh, so that's the Patriots' ambiguous backfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the Jets? Okay, so the Jets. Ooh. So y'all know, yeah, we well, never. I mean, I guess, we haven't been on. We haven't really been on. Them. I guess I'm always just in the minority with these. Um, that's mm-hmm. why you got to put it on on tape because no, they I, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, you got to put it on wax. They yeah, don't know. But we know. We know. You know. Yeah. I've, for a long time, I've been on Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't even remember why. I think it's because I was saying that he came from the 49ers, which is the new OC for the Jets. That's where they came from. The head coach yeah, anchor, came from the yeah. 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the veteran. Um, yeah. They paid him an okay amount of money. He still has tally. He just has been injured. Um, so I've been on Tevin Coleman. But the other guy there is Michael Carter. And that's the guy that everybody's try, trying to draft. You know, mm-hmm. he's going in the sixth, seventh
1: round. Mostly seventh, I think. Yeah, sixth or seventh
0: round. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the target for most people. Most people... Um, they're really high on Michael Carter, mm-hmm. really really high, and we've talked about him already a little bit. That yeah. we're not as high on him. Where I don't know if yeah. you changed your mind. Um,
1: no, I I like his talent. Yeah, uh, no talent. But yeah. I don't I don't like that situation. Yeah, because I felt like, and even going to the preseason, I felt like Ty Johnson looked pretty damn good. Uh, Ty and, Johnson, and when Ty Johnson's in a running back by committee, he can look good for a long period yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. Ty, Ty Johnson
0: yeah. was drafted by the Lions last year, maybe mm-hmm. or maybe the year before. Super fast, yeah, yeah. like I think oh, yeah. he was one of the fastest he told us guys up at UT. In, in his combine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but he was waived by the Lions and picked up by the Jets mid-season last year. Um, so he's just another just cog in that room. Mm-hmm. And then they still have Lamichael P Ryan. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I keep
1: and I hear random, you know, just positive about Pirine drum beats about P Ryan. Really? Yes.
0: He's, he, he went to the University of Florida. He's Samaja yeah. Kiran's cousin, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got a little burn, burn last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have Josh Adams. I don't know if mm-hmm. y'all remember Josh Adams. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Josh yeah. Adams with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah, he gave me some big, good weeks. Big dude. Yep. They still have him there for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, and they might even have another guy that we're not even mentioning. So they just have all these pieces. They might be a full-blown committee. Yeah. Full-blown committee. Now I will say, from things I've seen and read, Coleman is getting a lot of first team reps. Mm-hmm. He so, has been, and so, he didn't play in this game. And Coleman's and a veteran, you can draft real late, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So if you want to bet or use the stay ready bet, you know, ability, we're probably going to say Tevin Coleman. You know, yeah. no uh, in terms of who to draft. Yeah,
1: I, I'm not drafting Tevin. I, I, I started. I, I I believe what you said. Yeah. I understood what you said, but it came down to the talent. So you're it, drafting Michael Carter in the, in the six? I've just not, I've not seen Tevin Coleman exceed, or sorry, uh, I've not seen him succeed in this zone blocking scheme. So you're drafting Michael Carter in six? No, no, I'm, I'm not. So no, who are you drafting? Me. I'm not drafting any of them. If, 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 but, if, but, if but I had if to pick one, draft. I would Ty Johnson. Or maybe Michael Carter <laughs> if he fell to the seventh. <laughs> you're or not, or not drafting Ty Johnson, man. I've draft. drafted Ty Johnson before. You're not drafting Ty <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> I've drafted Ty Johnson before. You are not drafting ty i have drafted ty johnson before you did not watch the game. The game swayed you that much? It didn't sway me. I've always, I've, I've, if, if you would have asked me this question three weeks ago, it would have been Ty Johnson. Really? For a second, it was Tevin Coleman because you got me up to Tevin Coleman. You been but then I Ty remembered, Johnson. you know, okay, I've seen <laughs> Tevin Coleman play plenty of times. And, and I'm not saying Tevin Coleman's a bad player. I just, you know, I've not seen him succeed in his offense, and he's had all the opportunities. Okay, but before this
0: past game this weekend, you're telling me you were targeting or you had an eye on, on Ty Johnson?
1: I probably have more Ty Johnson. I definitely have more Ty Johnson than I have. Uh, Michael Carter. I don't really have a lot of them though. I mean, I'm I'm not targeting any of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: What was the other team you were mentioning? Well, you said Miami too, right?
2: Right. 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 So let's talk talk about 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 them already. We kind of did, but. I mean, Miles Gaskin is going kind of high for a well, guy that looks like he's late. a yeah, he's change of pace. A I'm,
1: in, I'm in a main event right now, uh, and we are going into the eighth round. I want to say mid-eighth, and he's still on the board. He's still, oh, he's wow. Still, he's, wow. Still, he's, still, he's still available.
2: He was going a lot higher than that earlier he in was. this draft season. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, people were
1: still searching for a running back.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: especially if people that went zero running back, yeah. they were still searching for some kind of starter that can give yeah. them, you know,
1: at least points every week, at least mm-hmm. one. The problem it was it was that yeah it was that same deal where like we don't we we want this guy to succeed so we're just gonna completely trash this other guy right right. like we're just gonna say Malcolm Brown is a nobody Mm -hmm. don't worry about him this is my but the problem is is Gaskin okay he was okay last year he was good. But his talent is not on the level, you know, where he can just, you know,
0: or he has that job. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly, yeah. or
1: where, you know, where where an offensive coordinator is going to say, okay, yeah, this is your backfield. Right. They don't owe him anything. Yeah. People, when you,
0: for me, when I look at these every year when these drafts come around, I always look at these players that a year prior we were not drafting. Mm-hmm. And nobody even really knew who they were. Yeah. That's who Miles Gaskin was. Nobody was drafting Miles Gaskin yeah. last year. You know, Miles Gaskin. Um, I don't remember who the
1: Dolphins they had Jordan Howard last year. I think mm-hmm. they had somebody else.
0: Like, Howard, yeah. back
1: there. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Howard was not a fan. Uh, or the uh, OC at the time uh, was not yeah, a like fan. Him. He did not like him. Yeah. He didn't. He did not feel like yeah. he felt he fit his system, which yeah. is why they really didn't use him. Mm-hmm. So there was a situation that was created where basically there was not you know a Malcolm Brown there, and he mm-hmm. was really just gasping.
0: Right. Right. So he just kind of just kind of fell into that position. He thrived to some extent yeah. but he he wasn't a guy that they picked up specifically to be their main bat. Yeah. And we mentioned it already. They signed Malcolm Brown. He was one of their first signings and I heard the coaches talk about how they liked the way he looked when the Rams played the Dolphins last year as far as how he was running and pass blocking. Mm-hmm. So they favored him to some extent. You have um, the Garrick Dokes. We talked about him already um, who's a rookie who actually looked pretty good. He was a you know, one of the higher ranked mm-hmm. running backs in the draft. He didn't go high; it was a seventh round pick, but he was there. Um, they wanted to get Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. They um, they still have some Savon Salvin Ahmed or whatever. Ahmed, Savan, Achmed. Savan Achmed. Achmed, right, right. Yeah. So you know, there's there's other players there that just kind
1: of. Just kind Man, of mess around with those touches. This team wants to pass. and They want to pass down the field. Okay? Yeah. and their offensive line is not that great. It's either. not that great. So I think the reason that they, you know Malcolm Brown is like going to be getting a lot of this work is because he's going to be pass blocking a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, and that's just not you know a skill set or where. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brown is another
0: guy I was mentioning a long time ago mm-hmm. to tell everybody. To come Man, we gave it. you credit on that already. <laughs> did, we, did we talk about Jags
2: already? We did, we did. No, we did not no, talk we, about no, the Jags. Did backfield. we talk about the Jags? No, right? no, we didn't
1: talk about the Jags backfield. Okay. All right. This is where – no, I'm mean, yeah. it, no, okay. <laughs> we talked one, about the Jags before, one, though. It's, one, it's just one preseason game, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I literally just – I really don't want much of Travis Etienne in the fourth round. Okay. I really don't even want him in the fifth round. Okay. Is he going he's in the fourth? Hack. He's going in the fourth or fifth. I think wow. he, you know, especially for people who 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 go zero RB. Okay. Because they think you know, the talented guy, you know, Percy Harvin role, receptions, et cetera. he's like I think the perfect zero RB target. But I see him going in the fourth round or at the very least early fifth. And Whether you want to look at depth charts, whether you want to look at beat reporters, whether you want to look at the first preseason game, whether you want to even listen to coach speak. Everything has basically said and shown that James Robinson is going to be the lead running back. But that also, like you mentioned before, Carlos Hyde is going to get some touches as well. And then Travis Etienne is going to be kind of mixed in here or there. Not as a third down back, okay? He's not going to be the third down back. Mm-hmm. So his touches are going to have to be designed. But how many design touches is he going to get, you hmm. know, from a standpoint is of him being fantasy viable? I just cannot touch him in the fourth round. Yeah. I, want, I don't even want him in the fifth round, to be quite honest. I, I have one to two shares just to say, okay, you know, just in case. But I think people view him as, you know, people view him in the same light of Javante Williams, and I wouldn't rather have Javante Williams if we talk about Broncos backfield I'd rather have Javante Williams because people view him as that running back that okay you know you just got to be patient and then towards the end of the year he's going to take over the uh the lead job I don't see it that way at all mm-hmm. I think he has a role and that is his role for this year and I even think again he was one of those guys where I've said it before and I'll say it again like I was not impressed by his college tape mm-hmm. And he was in a very good offense running through wide open lanes. He had a very athletic quarterback mm-hmm. who was running RPOs. Teams were worried about the pass game, and they were worried about the quarterback. Specifically, they, you know, and so he was either, you know, uh, you know, one-on-one with linebackers uh or just, you know, in open space. Well, yes, in open space against a linebacker, he's going to be able to do some great things. Yeah. And if they can scheme and they make him a focal part, maybe he'll have some value from that standpoint, but there are a lot of talented pieces in this offense, and this is the NFL. So, you know, drafting him in a fourth round to me is just is, – is, is hard to swallow.
2: Yeah, so you wanted to also talk about the Saints backfield as an ambiguous backfield.
1: I did. Oh, no, you did.
0: No, I didn't mention the Somebody thing. put it no, into the group We can, we can talk about it if y'all okay. want, but I didn't mention okay. – to, to me, it's not really that ambiguous. Kamara is the guy. Kamara's the guy. Like, he's the guy now. If you want to talk about the depth behind him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: everybody – Right now, is under the assumption it's going to be Latavius Murray. And I say it as if it's not, but it most likely will be Latavius Murray. But there's a few things you just have to kind of be aware of. Number one, the Saints do have an out in that Latavius Murray contract. Latavius Murray is older, 31 or 32 years old. Um He doesn't have a great, great skill set. He's a bruiser. He's strong. Okay speed, but it's not something that you can't replace one way or another. They just added Devontae Freeman, who who's somebody who in two years ago you would look at as more talented than Latavius Murray. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to get rid of or move on from Latavius Murray. That's all I'm really saying. Um, I, would be, I would be shocked. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't be surprised would at all. I would be shocked. Um, the guy that was there that I had my eye on for a while was Stevie Scott. He played college. He's a rookie from Indiana. They actually just waived him, um, so I guess ignore that guy. But the other guy they're talking about this week is this Tony Jones guy. That um, he looked pretty good when we were here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We were seeing mm-hmm. him kind of run a little bit, so he looked pretty good. Um, and again, Devontae Freeman's there. They're not going to keep all of those running backs. Somebody's
1: got to go. I think. I think uh, both Latavius and Freeman remain on the roster.
0: So they might get rid of Tony Jones. But but all yeah. I'm saying is, with that out. You know, NFL is still a business. Mm-hmm. People are trying to save money. Yeah. And Kamara, they just paid Kamara last year. Mm-hmm. So he's making a good amount of money. Do you want to invest all that money in Kamara and then still pay Murray when you can get rid of him, still get that same production as a yeah. backup? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints do it. Now, with that being yeah. said, I don't think it's
1: ambiguous at the moment. Right. We know what it is. Yeah. This is. This is why I think Latavia stays on the roster, okay? Uh, I think that they are really going to harp on running the ball and having their running backs be involved significantly in the pass game. I don't really see Kamara getting more carries or significantly more carries because he's just not that type of running back. And -hmm. they want to keep him fresh. This team still has playoff aspirations. So I think that they just didn't have somebody that was behind uh, Latavius Murray and they wanted depth. Understanding Mm -hmm. that Michael Thomas is hurt. Drew Brees is no longer there. That they may be more run heavy. They needed depth. We had an, remember we talked we always we talked about this a couple times. There's an additional game this year. Yeah. We can't we can't underestimate that. And I think coaches and teams understand that that we can't you can't just run your teams and your or you run your players into the ground. Mm-hmm. So having that depth there, I think is important. So I think that's what Freeman provides is depth at that position. Now. Who's, you know, do Latavius and Freeman split carries? Like, that's up in the air, you know, who knows? So to me, Latavius is less of that, okay, you know, yes, you know, let's target him as one of the higher-priced handcuffs. But the other thing that I think went under the radar was that I think there was a comment or a quote, and I can't remember this was from the coach or the beat writer, but they mentioned that one of the reasons they brought in Freeman is because they had to take Ty Montgomery and move him to wide receiver. That hmm. reduced their depth at the running back position. And if you watch that preseason game, Ty Montgomery was running with the first team, and he was running real receiver routes. Hmm. And he was running out of the slot. And he was and they were short routes, underneath routes, and there were intermediate routes. You know, he ran one down the seam. Okay. I don't know what Ty Montgomery's designation is. I'm not mm. saying start drafting Ty Montgomery now, but if his, <laughs> but listen, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, if Ty Montgomery has a running back des- designation, just keep an eye on it, okay? Just keep an eye on it because they still haven't brought in anybody of significance. Who did they bring in just recently? Uh, what's his name? receiver, Kevin White. Kevin White, you know, failed first round pick. That's again, you know, people always want to bring up, well, this guy was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. This dude was drop, drafted top 10 overall mm-hmm. as amounted to the absolutely yeah, a lot of nothing. Issues,
0: though. I mean,
1: you know, yeah. even he's came back from injuries. He still yeah. hasn't done anything. You know, he's been on plenty of teams. <laughs> yeah. So, but either way, they brought, you know, brought in Kevin White. They have a bunch of, you know, so for Ty Montgomery to be running with the first team, and remember, this team has always been kind of high on Ty Montgomery, you know, just from a you know, player standpoint. They went out and got him. So, I'm just saying, you know, again. Don't draft Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, only yeah. because from a running back standpoint, if you're going zero RB, you never know. If he ends up being a slot receiver, because who's their slot receiver right now? Still don't draft him. Anyways.
0: Um, <laughs> okay. Again, Let's talk don't about, be surprised
1: if Murray leaves. What was yeah. the other,
0: Let's what was talk the about
2: one more team, though. Okay. Tampa Bay. Because I don't know what to do with Tampa Bay. I mean, Ronald Jones. Is it Leonard, For- Leonard Fournette? They just got Gio. Like, I'm
1: going Gio. Yeah, this was a, as I'm soon as they signed Gio, this, yeah. this question was answered. Easy.
0: Really?
2: E- yeah. yeah. We've easy. never had, which hmm. is why we
1: literally, the only person we drafted is Gio. <laughs> yeah. I only have,
0: I have no Rojo or Zero. Or zero.
1: Hmm. And that's hard to not have a share of a, a, a certain player, mm-hmm. especially drafted in that mid tier round. That's hard. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have zero.
2: So you guys think Gio is going to own that backfield? No, no, oh. no, no, no.
1: He's getting the passing He's down. the most valuable one. Yeah. There. I expect him to get the two minute work. Uh, the third mm-hmm. down work. And remember, we've seen James White operate in the red zone and at the goal line. Mm-hmm. We Brady know office. that yeah. Brady runs quick. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if it's a third down and Gio's in there and they convert and Brady's like, let's go, let's go, let's mm-hmm. Gio's staying on the field. Yeah. They get in the red zone. He's not calling the timeout to say, let's get this bruiser in. Yeah. No, he will run that offense. Gio can run Ge- through the middle yes. of the whole, um, yeah. People yeah. forget. So, go back and look at, go back and look, you know what? Go back and look at Geo's uh, the uh, when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers towards the end of the season, go back and just that game's on YouTube. Go back and look at that game, and that'll give you everything that you need to know. Well, that was just last year. What mm-hmm.
0: round is um, Geo going in right now? Should I probably you, say you, like I think he just had a board yeah, up.
1: Let me see, thirteenth to fourteenth round. Because
0: when I was taking him, I was getting real late. Like, oh yeah, real, yeah, Geo real, real yeah. so went in the
2: thirteenth. Kind of went up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, dude. we were. Yeah, that's like. 16, like, 17, Yeah, 18, like really yeah. late in the
1: draft, so. Um, Which is where we're getting certain players right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these boys are crazy, man. I'd say yeah. these boys are crazy. It's definitely in is that play. Yeah, yeah, these, these
2: boys are crazy. So let's hop back to quarterbacks for a second. Speaking of ambiguous backfields, let's talk about an ambiguous quarterback position. Who are you guys taking to win this Denver quarterback? Have uh, we not spoken on this already? We have not spoken about ah, this only den- been in our group chat. Yeah. We yeah, have you. not spoken I got about you. I got you. the Denver well, quarterback still battle. I'm
1: still on my
0: guy.
1: I'm still on my guy but the preseason didn't change any of that. Uh nothing that's come out of camp as far as reports and you know who's doing well like really uh this seems to be a you know kind of a, a coin flip in terms of who wins this. The reason I think it's Teddy Bridgewater is because I feel like he does a better job of running the offense the way that they want it, and I feel like this defense is going to be extremely strong. It's one of the defenses that I target late in drafts. I think that they are going to excel, and I think they want a quarterback back there that's not going to turn over the ball. They have, from what I, you know, when I, the one thing that I did take away from that preseason game is that they have a very, very good offensive line, okay? Mm -hmm. From a standpoint of just, they just seem to just work and gel very well together. Uh I love their outside outside uh zone scheme. Javante Williams again is a guy that I wasn't super high coming out, and I wasn't like, you know, amazed at what he did, but he looked very, very good coming out of the uh, you know, uh, you know, coming out of the gate in his first preseason game. So I think it's a team that's really gonna want to run the ball, they're gonna want to win with defense, and is gonna want a quarterback that's not gonna turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So that's why. I'm going Teddy Bridgewater. And he looked good. He looked really good. He made some very, very good throws. And people don't, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's a little bit mobile. I think he had like four or five touchdowns, rushing he's touchdowns safe, last dude. year. Mm. But Teddy's pretty safe. Yeah, he everybody use that safe. term safe, but I mean, he he is safe. But he he looked very good in terms of
0: running that offense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm the Drew Locke guy. Yeah. I always have been. I just think Drew Locke is way more talented. I don't think Bridgewater is actually very good. I think he's a game manager. He's smart. Yeah. He's cerebral as far as the quarterback play. Um, As far as his his, uh, physical capabilities, I I do think he's lacking. Um, And, you know, you made the comment, you know, with the type of team they have as far as being strong on defense um, and the other type of the the way they've constructed their team. They want a a guy that's not going to mess it up. But the way I see it is in that division, they're in the same division as the Chiefs. So they're seeing Mahomes. um, They're seeing the Chargers with Herbert and um, who's the other? They're seeing the the Raiders in Las Vegas. Chargers. Uh, uh, they're, they're seeing these teams that can put up points. And for me, if you're going to compete with those teams, you, ne- you need to also put up a high amount of points. And for me, that's Drew Locke for them. Um, like you said, there's nothing that's happened in the preseason or, or even this off season that's kind of swayed me more on luck or, or, or lock or less on Locke. Uh, I do think when it's all said and done, Um, he's just going to show he's a superior talent. And if he doesn't show he's a superior talent, um, number one, um, that's totally disappointing with Locke, you know, because he has the the opportunity right in front of him. But number two, I'm not as high on all their their skill players. Hmm. So um, that's kind of how I see it.
2: All right. That was a quick one. Um, I do want to go to our last topic of the night. We've talked about quarterbacks ad nauseum. We talked about running backs. Um, I want to go back to tight ends for a second. Who's the best tight end not named Kels? And, yes, I'm saying it on purpose.
0: That's the way you
1: say it.
2: Yes, Kels?
0: Respect that man. man's name. <laughs> I, think, I honestly think he was joking. Waller? I think he was serious.
2: <laughs> or Kittle?
0: Out of those three, who's the best? No, no,
2: not named those three. Who's the best tight end in the you mean, league? mean, so who's like ranked
0: four? Talent yeah. or situation? The,
2: it, who's, the, who's next on your board on tight ends? And Dio, I want to go to you first because you are a tight end whisperer. So, who talented are you taking? Because
1: talent wise, I think it's pitch. who are you drafting number
2: four. Who are you pitch. drafting number four?
1: Pitts number. The way the board is going now, no, no. no. Who are you drafting in a vacuum? Who are you drafting number four? Who's going to produce? Who do you think is going to produce the most at the towards the end of the year?
0: Um, out of those two, I would take. Uh, I say those two, but Hawkinson. Okay. So mm. take, okay. And Hawkinson's my guy. Okay. Why? Um, I do think he's very talented. Very very talented. I think he. And George Kittle even said it himself. Um, coming out of Iowa, uh, Kittle said hockey was better than him. They both went to the same college. They trained together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kittle had high praise for him. Um, he, he's a guy that can stay on the field because he can also block very well. He has a size. Um, Situation-wise, he is the number one option. I'm assuming this, but from the way things look right now, he's the number one, the main Maybe you can even say the only option in the passing game. They're in trouble for, for the Lions, the case. you know. <laughs> um, and, and I think he can he can beat any any anything, you know, as far as any kind of defense, whether he's double team covered by a safety, covered by a linebacker. I think he can beat anybody. And then the type of quarterback he has, he doesn't have a quarterback that can really throw deep um, often or, or really just kind of gunsling. So he, he has a type of quarterback that's more so going to kind of find the medium range of the field type plays. Um so for me, Hawkinson is the fourth ranked in fantasy hmm. tight end. Talent wise though, I do think it's Pitts. Pitts to me is is honestly a wide receiver in the tight end um mode. Um but Pitts is not the number one option for the for the Falcons. It's gonna be Calvin
2: Ridley. So hmm. maybe even Russell I mean, maybe even uh, Gage. But Russell Gage. Yeah. But number yeah, four so tight end, Can it's definitely not
1: Hawkinson. I, you know, <laughs> I, I you know, I again I guess I'm gonna die on this hill. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on tape. It's been on tape multiple times now, and I understand no, I everybody's this. on. This again. I, I understand everybody's on Hawkinson. I just I cannot get there. What I've seen from a standpoint of like him being like in the potentially Waller Kelsey Kittle breakout as a receiving tight end, I've just not seen it. So I've, who are you on? The I've not seen. Was- Question was who are you on? I just want to say why Arkansas I'm not on that guy. Was it, was it, bash Hawkinson? <laughs> Man, it It's not bashing Hawkinson, but I think okay. I also think I also think too that like we're going a little bit overboard with the Detroit Lions receiving corps. I understand they're not great. I understand that. I understand that. They're not as bad as Saints. Mm-hmm. Saints got the worst. Yeah. I think <laughs> receiving they, might, court elect. they can probably compete for that title. Yeah, but Tyrell, you know, don't be surprised if Tyrell has more targets. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked if Tyrell has more targets. OK, I know Rashad Perriman has shown in the past, but I, I, I think that shit to sell. OK, unlikely. Uh, but I think the running backs, you know, with the combination of Swift and Jamal Williams, uh, you know, see a significant amount of targets. And I think I do think Hawkinson Hock, gets the targets, but I just think they're like, I don't think in terms of him, like being a game changer or someone like you want to, like, build your offense around, mm-hmm. around. I don't think he has that receiving skill set.
3: OK, so who he's a on? great
1: tight end. So, who are you on? <laughs> this
3: is like, you're going long I went yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawkinson. So yeah, who are I you? Your pick.
2: Number four.
1: I mean, I would have to say Pitts, okay? Uh, where Just because this is a situation you where... You think he's the, the number four. Like, when the
0: season's over, he's going to be fourth. Not about where you're line.
2: drafting him. Yeah, when the season, when the season, is, season is over, over he's gonna be you think he's going to be... I think it'll China. be Mark
1: Andrews. Okay. I think we okay. maybe see a resurgence from Mark Andrews. But, I mean, I, if I had to bet, I would put Pitts, okay? But if you ask asking me, like, my gut feeling, my heart... I'd probably say Mark Andrews, but I don't own a lot of these guys because it's just
2: a right, lot that's of not the question. Right, the question right, right. is who
0: was the fourth one after those three guys? I the spot and all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you're taking Mark Andrews I at the end it. of the no, season. No. At the end of the season, you believe that Mark Andrews' total receiving yards, touchdowns, fantasy just, just points. Just fantasy points. Just fantasy, fantasy points. points. Yes. He's going to be number four.
1: Especially in non tight end premium. Tight end premium is where it gets tough.
2: Why does that change anything? Because he's not
1: a receptions guy, I think he's Tied like in a, premium yeah, okay. he's a yardage yeah, touchdown. That's guy. a point and a half. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. That's Some fair. tight end
0: premium leagues are two points for tight yeah. ends. Yeah, but I think hmm. I think
1: I think you know from a touchdown standpoint and from potentially a yardage standpoint, you know, I think he could definitely you know uh, equal Hawkinson from a yardage standpoint, but from a touchdown standpoint, he could easily double him from a touchdown oh, wow. standpoint. Hmm. Easily double him. No one's saying that. The only, I mean, no one's betting Detroit's going to be this elite offense. This in a realm of possibility. Anything yeah. is,
0: but yeah, I'm I'm really high on Haka. So I think he's going to accomplish all of those. Everybody, things, is. I'm, I'm alone in
1: this one. Mm-hmm. All right. solo, solo.
2: Don't Domo. be surprised with my boy Jordan Akins uh, from the Texans. Oh uh, man! No. All right, all right. You be Don't be with that all one. right. Listen, <laughs> with Jordan Aikens, <sighs> Jordan surprise Aikens the no, world. In terms
1: of in terms of in is terms not good of tight ends that I like, because you're going because you just brought that up. Tight ends that I like. And I've kind of been all over the board. So we were super high on Trotman, okay, like everybody else. Don't come at me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, it's only one preseason game. And I think we can't, we can't forget that he was hurt for a period of time. Okay? Mm-hmm. He was hurt and not practicing for a period of time. So, uh, but I need to see something out of these next few preseason games. I was so disturbed by what I saw that I went back to go look at Jimmy Graham's second year preseason, okay? Because I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, is Sean Payton just kind of one of those coaches that just you know doesn't want to show anything or like want to, you know, wants to keep things hidden because he kind of did that with Kamara to a standpoint. So I went back and looked at Jimmy Graham's you know season two preseason. Dude was getting targets and he was getting yak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was he 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 was not just you know, didn't, They didn't keep Jimmy Graham's under wrap. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need to see that from. Troutman, and they're also talking about, you know, uh, was it Juwan Johnson or
2: Juwan Johnson? Yeah, they're bro talk, bro you know, talking, you know, they're,
1: they're talking about this tight. So I, I need to see, you know, just, just don't be as good a blocker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Troutman? Don't block as well. Okay. <laughs> don't block as well. And then maybe you can run a little bit more receiving routes. So you're but,
0: telling me there's a dip in Troutman. People are lower on Troutman right now. Oh, there's so, definitely a dip. There's definitely a dip. Oh, I need to get in some drafts. Then. There's definitely a dip. There's definitely a dip. So, I need but but, but that, that is something then.
1: that I that I that I do want to see. Uh, but in terms of like you know who I'm targeting now, mm-hmm. um, Johnu Smith.
2: Mm-hmm. No, leaving mm-hmm. it at that. No, no. I think we need to end this show. If we're going to end it with Johnu, John all right, Smith. guys. That's it for this week. What this is episode? What twelve? episode 12 man so we're moving through mm-hmm. this is episode 12 first of 15 please like rate subscribe we right. yes sir
3: God give me a warning, please take me for the morning. So I need more disappointments than I ever will appointment Give a fuck about your feelings, rub it in This your ointment, can't depend on the
0: oink Find your pick in the blank.